podcast that discusses storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams, tell the damn story. We'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction, illustration, comics, film, and nonfiction. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's the one, the only, the legendary icon that is Alex Simmons. Mr. Simmons, how are you, sir? Oh, yeah, that's great. I'm I'm thrilled to be. And and by the way, folks, uh, my sidekick here, <laughs> you always introduce me with this resounding, uh, Chris, Chris, you know, you got, you got a lot happening, boy, and I'm going to have to write out an epic intro for you because this mm-hmm. is this is this is sort of like this teeter-tottering thing is not quite working right. i do have things happening and yes. and that's cool mondo but nothing happen. nothing ladies and gentlemen is cooler than being anywhere in the writing uh comic book film community standing next to alex simmons yes because Nobody, much like when I would stand next to the glorious wife, uh, what happens is I become invisible. <laughs> and the charm <laughs> and wondrousness of either of those oh individuals glows so brightly as to block out my existence. Yeah. And I get to watch people bathe in the light of either the glorious one or the legend, the icon. That is Alex Simmons. Wow. And we'll be back after a word from our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, And boy, there's another time machine thing, because I still keep doing the old Johnny Carson thing. And he hasn't been on the air for like forever, except. Yeah, but, you know, the other end of that is uh, he's not using it anymore. So, yeah, that's that's true. He's not. So (laughs) Alex is very big into recycling. You yeah, know. <laughs> that's right. You know, here's some paper. I'm gonna. Why Alex? Later. Alex Simmons, legend, icon, nice person to dogs and people all around the world. Um, why, why are we, are we here? here? Why are <laughs> I knew we that. here? Why are we here? Okay, well, Chris, as you may know, and and those of uh, those who have been following us, uh, um, tell, tell the damn story. Story, 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 story. Um, no, but we're here actually this time, this time to continue our conversation about making it into the film world. Uh, you yes. know, we talk about comics, we talk about, you know, writing for books and poetry and short stories and all that. This time we're talking about making it in the film world. And we've had several episodes about that and certain aspects of it. Uh, if you checked out our previous episode, um, Dave was on, right? Yep. Dave, yes. yes the right. one and only Dave LaRosa. That's right. There's only one of him. That's, that's all we true. could afford that that episode that's all you know it's a budget <laughs> yeah but you know if you go back and check that episode you'll find out what he had to share but and it, of- it, again it was as an indie uh writer director producer exactly. and the challenges of going out there and doing it on your own and we're going to dive into a different angle on that kind of stuff Is that what uh, we're going to be doing today. We're, we're diving at a different angle. We're diving, it's, yes. This we're way. diving in ear this first, way, yes. I think, today. Okay, yes. okay. Well, we're going to the shallow end of the pool. Um, actually, so we're going to start out with, because, you know, there's, again, independent films. We're not talking about Hollywood. We're not talking about Pinewood Studios in England. We're talking about small independent films and, and young, possibly, or emerging, whatever your age is, emerging filmmakers. 
So uh, where can you go with these these small films that you can make and, and what do you want to do with them? And that's a big question. Uh, I, I teach uh, screenwriting at the New York Film Academy and I, I'm running into and have been for several years uh, filmmakers of several different age groups and from different countries and with different dreams, hopes, cultural influences and so forth. And it always comes down to when they're making their films or when they're trying to figure out what to do with the film that they've made. It right. always comes down to why did you make that film? Why did right. you tell that particular story? Why did you choose that story? And what did you hope to accomplish with, you know, with it? Or what do you hope to accomplish with it? Right. Those two questions help you set a compass point for where you go with the project from that, that point forward. Right. So that's and it's, part of what we're going to talk about. And it's never too soon to start thinking about that because, again, one of the reasons we're dealing so much with independent films is because any one of you can start a film project right out of your pocket these days. You know, that's smartphones right. have the kind things. of yep. capability that allow you to do pretty successful small films. So getting your foot into uh, the door of gaining experience is mm. is uh, more accessible to more people than ever before, and that's why Absolutely. we're focusing on this. Um, Smartphones but, or or units like that, plus the internet. That's yeah. that's your distribution um, conduit. So yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. I, as there's a ton of information you can get coming in, and there's also you can work and get your stuff out there. So. What Alex and I are trying to get you to think about today is uh, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, and there's nothing that will stop the enjoyment of watching a short film or any work quicker than what the hell is this? Why am, <laughs> you know, why am I watching this? But if as a filmmaker, you've asked yourself, you know, where do I see this going? What what am I trying to uh, show people? Then all of that feeds into how you write, how you cast, how mm -hmm. you set up a shot, all those things. So, What's the message? All of that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, so let's talk about goals today and talk about what happens once you've uh, finished your film and where you would take it. Well, okay. So obviously, you know, you, you've conceived of, plotted out, wrote the darn thing, shot it and then spent some post-production time in the studio whipping it into full shape, okay? Mm -hmm. And now you got the bad boy. And so all three of those parts are equally challenging and equally important. Exactly. And let's say for the sake of argument, you have survived all that and you <laughs> have a piece of work that the world needs to see. Exactly. So then, again, you're going to be looking at, and some of this you figured out a little bit in advance, but you're going to be looking at the length of your film and you're going to be looking at where do you take it? Right. What distribution conduits are open to you at this stage in your experience, your journey? Uh, if you're doing short films like five to 10 minutes, then you're looking at a number of doors to go through for film festivals uh, right. and contests, you know, and competitions. And there is a lot to be said for this. You know, again, I know some people are thinking about, oh, I'm going to make this movie and I'm going to go right to, you know, Hollywood or Pinewood in, in England or wherever the, the film capital is in your particular location. Right. But and that may happen for some of you, you know, and, and more power to you if it does. But for the vast majority, 
we have we have the film we have the story on on tape or on film and where can i go with this short piece or this independent piece and you have to look at really all of your options yes and it, it starts with a little research and we'll talk about film festivals and all that stuff some festivals they want under 10 right others if it's you know it's got to be a minimum of 15 minutes Mm-hmm. You know, so this again is research. So you're going to check uh, your specs on that, right? right. You're also going to look at what film festivals um, favor or tend to be open to the kind of material in your story sure. or the kind of theme right. that right. you're exploring. You're not going to send uh, a, a horror concept to something that's uh, for younger children, or you're not going to send uh, uh, or or send a horror short to a comedy short festival. Yeah. Unless it's would extremely be a, funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but, but again, yeah, true. You, you've got to, you've got to look at where you're sending it for it for it to have its best possible opportunity right. to be screened by the judges uh, right. or by the by the committee that right. accepts submissions right. and then to make it through that screening process so that it actually can be entered into the festival or the competition and and let's be clear about that no matter which one of these um festivals you say oh that's one for that's the one for us um there is the the directions the guidelines you mm-hmm. need to read them clearly mm-hmm. and you need to understand that your film must address what that festival is looking for Right, you as opposed to you shoving it down their throats, or right. or the other thing that tends to happen with some again emerging filmmakers is you take it personally when they say a thank you but no thank you. Right, we'll no. uh, we'll get to that in a second. After finding the work, you know, the guidelines match your film, then you must submit it according to exactly what they asked you to do for submission. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do those things. You're dead in the water immediately before, before even look, people look at a frame. Mm-hmm. You must put it in the right format, all that sort of stuff. So say you get that done. That's when maybe you get a call. Maybe you say, you know, you like candles, right? Like candles. Yes. Rub the rabbit's foot. But it's again, it's like you said, Alex, it's never personal, you know? Uh, almost never personal. I, I um, there was a person who spoke about getting a rejection recently, and the person wanted to speak and spoke for like ninety minutes about why this thing was so wrong, and why the rejection nobody, was so wrong. Why the submission was so wrong. Oh, and my point to that person was that nobody rejects you for ninety minutes. You get rejected in three to five seconds, form letter or whatever. That person was working out some other issues, Mm. you know, or it was so close that they wanted to give you this kind of feedback. And that is really valuable. Donald Moss, who's a big time agent, wrote, hand wrote something on a rejection. It was a form letter, but this was this, this and this and this, you know. And that was some of the best instructions I've ever gotten. Mm. So if you get a rejection with notes or whatever, take that gold. If you get a form letter, 
it's not it's it's a Violet. form letter yeah. you can't possibly take it personally it well just you can but get over it quick yes, well, because well, it's not personal it, right it's not it's not conducive to you moving forward yeah. Yeah, it exactly. just says this is the message of a form letter didn't work for us there's nothing in that sentence that talks about the quality of your work you know um, I'll use my wife as an example. She doesn't do any of this stuff, but she does buy shoes. Lots I see the correlation there. Okay. <laughs> Lots of shoes. And some of those shoes go back. It is not because the shoes suck. It's because it's always because it didn't quite match what I had in mind. It wasn't. You know, and it's she had uh, what she needed to put together this particular presentation and it didn't fit the needs of that. That's the way to think about it. Nothing more personal than that. It didn't fit the needs. You know, I just got a rejection that I was in the last dozen or so being uh, considered. Uh, considered. And it was, it was, it just didn't fit the feel of all the others. Mm. Didn't mean, she, she said, this story is ready. It's ready. Please put it in somewhere else. It's it's just because of the weight of how everything else was affecting the overall feel mm. of what they were going to put together as a package. That doesn't mean that it was worse. She was went out of her way to say it wasn't worse. Same thing happens. Okay. Yeah. So all right, you got all that stuff. Um, but we we wanted to talk about. I just wanted to get through the processing. Um, but where can you send it? Under five, yeah, uh, 15, under five or fifteen minutes. full length film, right? Yeah, it's it's that much of a gamut, uh, genre as Alex said. It could be horror, could be comedy, could be romance, could be documentary. You know, if you're a documentarian, what are you looking at the horror films for, right? <laughs> so know know what your audience, know what your genre is. Yeah. Um. So then, where do we go next, Alex? Well, absolutely. At that point, you're going to go through, as you said, the processes of submit submitting your, your work. Mm -hmm. Copies, having a cover letter, all of the particulars that are necessary, you're going to pop them in. And, and, you know, part of this leads us to this question, because as we're looking at um, you know, whether it's, you know, if we're looking at the specs to help us determine, okay, is, is it uh, under five or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. So we're looking at all that stuff. You also have to make sure of one other thing, and that is that the competition or the festival is legit. Oh, yes. Okay, that it is authentically there to serve that particular specific purpose of allowing people to have this platform on which to show their work, and whatever promises are made, you'll get a certificate, you'll get this, you'll get money, whatever, that that is the truth, that is authentic. Uh, a couple of red flags. Yep. If they're asking for money, you know, a processing fee of 50 bucks or something like that should be a huge red flag. Now, again, it requires that you go and, and look um, further deeper. at the history. Right? Yeah. If it's the first time this thing has ever been run away. If it's the 45th anniversary and you can look and find names that you recognize, you know, and that it's uh, supported by uh, maybe a film uh, pres uh, 
a film studio, company or a yeah. film magazine mm-hmm. or um, a, reputable a cable you channel. Know, yeah, yeah, reputable sources. Do yeah. your research. Who are these people? Where do they come from? And I'm telling you, some of this takes absolute detective work. I'll now, why? Why are you? Why, yeah, I was going to say, why are examples. you being so specific about this? All right. Well, I won. Um, this was not a filmmaking; it was a screenwriting award, um, and um, I won. And uh, the application was, you know, was, yeah, I I fulfilled all the things, and it was for a certain dollar amount and a certificate of some kind. Meaning and part of the winning was, was a certain dollar amount. Uh, was a, okay. It was a check was going to get cut. And um, there would be a winning certificate or whatever. And, you know, at that point, it was about, you know, trying to get some things to put on my resume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got notification that I won. And then silence. Check never came. So I got back in touch with them and said, uh, here's the uh, letter that you sent me. The, the date has come and gone and where's the check? And the response was, well, I'm suffering from cancer. Personally, you know, your heart goes out to cancer patients and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But one, I hadn't, Honestly, I had no way of confirming that. Mm-hmm. And two, it that wasn't part of the um, description of the contest. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got in touch with him and said, uh, if you are indeed suffering from cancer, of course, my heart goes out to you. But let's take, keep, personal and business uh, apart you know um this was when i was still uh uh doing things like processing fees you collected (laughs) money from every contestant Mm -hmm. and you you know it's here's your here's your guidelines and here's the prize you promised legally binding and you didn't so either do what's right or go show uh, 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 what did I say? Uh, medical documentation that this somehow sucked your company's funds in a legally binding way mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and, and then I'll consider it. Otherwise I expect to check with, you know, well, sorry about any health problems you may actually be having, but I don't know, three days later, a check arrived. So draw your own conclusions, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, uh, again, it was a, a film course uh and again it was uh, i'm more writer than uh the other stuff and uh went through it was invited to the second level of the course took that my uh, screenplay was uh selected for production mm. that sounded promising didn't it yeah 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 so- sounds Just, like you're right on the right path there yeah uh, one of three that were being <clears throat> produced schwarzenegger was interested in one of them it was never made by the way um, 
But this person met with me. Talk about my early, my youthful indiscretions. My one of my sins was patience and faith. Which we all tend to have in this, yeah. (laughs) You know, which is why this story is worth sharing. I met with this person 15 times before I finally put my foot down. And if I remember right, this person had to fly in. He would fly in for other business and then meet with me for like English muffins. Um, So each time I would say, okay, you say, uh, the, the, the script is really progressing well, but uh, it needs work. And I would say, great, because I'm an old journalism guy, you know? And in journalism, they'd be like, you know, paragraph three and five and eight, you need to punch up and get me a better uh, a quote on paragraph seven or graph seven. Mm-hmm. And you would do that, and they would say, good, and then that's your job. So... I was applying the same kind of thing. All right, it's a problem. Where's the problem? Is it, you know, is it the the first 30 pages? Is it the, uh, you know, 31 to 90 in the midsection, you know? Is it the uh, payoff? What are we talking about? Yeah. And the answer was always the same. Well, I, I don't want to write your screenplay for you. I want you to go through it and uh, having learned the skills that we taught you, uh, fix it up from there. And um, finally, the 15th time, um, you know, it was the guy insulted the waiter. And that's when I really realized he's just putting on a show for the write off for the trip. Um, And I said to him, listen, if you can't right now, tell me, what parts you need to uh, see uh, edited, then this is done. And it's over because you're, then you won't be, your film won't be produced. I said, my film is not being produced now. This is not <laughs> producing. You know, you're not giving answers. You're not giving directions. And walked out and he found someone else to use for write-off. So whatever the hell he was doing, I could never figure out what he was doing. Um, so it's it's definitely a buyer beware world. Same thing happens with, uh, you know, short films, um, full-length films, you know. Uh, but there are legit experiences out there. There's great experiences. We have uh, a person coming in that he runs um, a short film co- uh, contest every year. And uh, listen to that person closely because when, he'll when, tell you that's, that's coming up in another episode. Yep, and and he'll tell you what he you know the do's and don'ts and all that stuff. So we'll see where that goes. Okay. So, right, so where let's, else let's, we going? Well, that's a terrible segue. Where else are we going now? Well, that was a great God, story. Okay, you know. So here's so here's the thing. So again, as he says, buyer beware. You know, be cautious. Be do your homework. Do your due diligence. Due diligence. He has to try and say that six times fast. But there are those wonderful occasions when things work. And so since we, we you know, Chris is on a, on, a, on a storytelling mode, why don't you tell us about one time in particular where it did work? And let's, let's be kind of concise. And this way we can sort of point out the things that they can look for that indicate, yes, this is legitimate. Yes, this has a track record, so forth. Are we so talking on. about the experience We are definitely talking about World Houston yeah, World Fest, Festival. World Fest Houston, which yes. is, I'm not sure if you can see that. 
Uh, that's I got a coffee cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, I entered this contest and got this coffee. So cup. Uh, recently, you saw the episode with uh, Dave LaRosa, and he was the writer director. No, he wasn't the writer. Sorry, he was the director and one of the producers, Kate McGrath, who we hope you will see. Yes, soon. we hope to get on the show. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she wrote the script for Clandestine, and um, it was their third or fourth film project. And they made some changes, as Dave talked about, to get it to a level where they could enter World Film Fest or World Fest uh, Houston. And when I did some research, I said, well, where are we going? You know, why is this festival different than, you know, some of the crazy things I got involved with? <laughs> well, it turns out that this is one of the festivals that... Um, gave the first big breaks to uh, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, people like that. And the list goes, it's really long and impressive. So, oh, oh, okay. And it also is a truly international festival. So um, we took Clandestine, which it, it was so mind blowing because that film, which you can now see on uh, Paramount Plus, clandestine mm -hmm. um i was a um, co-executive producer on that which meant uh uh i had to speak to the glorious one and get her to allow us to film all over our own house as uh locations and uh got a few other locations um I got a local high school to let us shoot in there. And that that's kind of what a producer does is mm -hmm. make solve problems. Right. 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 Um, and then I also uh, got to act in the film. Right. Uh, Kate McGrath. And one of the things I love to tease her about is she wanted me to play what essentially was a role inspired by her own dad, but the way she wrote him, her dad is an athletic thin, thin dude. And she wrote older, slightly pudgy. So <laughs> I would, I would just use every donut I could find to <laughs> tease her and say, well, I'm just, you know, getting in character, Kate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so name. in any event, um, we went to World Fest Houston and having been, you know, the background, the reason I meant the background, having been such a hands-on, low-budget, um, really super independent project, and then seeing ourselves surrounded by representatives from so many different countries mm -hmm. and so many. One of the things we went up against was a, uh, a Western that had um, Eric Roberts in it for a scene or two. Well, hey, uh, well, you had Tom Sizemore. We had in a yeah for a scene or two, right? Yeah, right. It was that same kind of thing. Oh, right. oh, oh. And then... Um, I think part of it was to schmooze and part of it was to hopefully make connections and all that stuff. But then uh, uh, Clandestine won uh, Best Picture in Crime Drama and um, uh, Nick and Dave got nominations um, for Best Lead Actors and that kind of stuff, mm. if I remember correctly. Kate McGrath won for Best Lead Actress. Um, I thought. And she also wrote it? And she wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was wonderful. And then everybody was stunned on our table because 
I got a nomination for best supporting actor. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was filming the other people. Yeah. Then I had to take the camera and turn it around like this. You know, um, I didn't win, you know, but uh, just being nominated was so great. But it just, it was, you know, so you, where you want to take the experience, right? Or the, the project, it, you're not always prepared for what that experience will be. We didn't realize, uh, maybe Dave did or Kate did, but I certainly didn't realize the scope of this festival, you know, when uh, when we first considered buying a plane ticket, as it were. Um, and, you know, all that stuff happened. And then we got back on the plane and, you know, Kate had her award and all that. We had a couple of the... Um, the, the best this and best that mm -hmm. and um we went home yeah and everyone went back to their jobs yeah and dave and kate and stuff and they kept pushing and stuff and they had a um production company that helped them or, or whatever and that's how it eventually got to paramount plus let, but let me just put a let me just put a button on this yeah, um it, you go back to your regular life, yeah, ladies right. and gentlemen. But let me let me just do this. When did you film Clandestine? Wow. Um, you know, Dave is going to be real much better at this, and the two of them will laugh at me. But I want to say that um, he's thinking ten, maybe maybe 10 to 12 years ago or something like that 10 10 years ago or so okay so 10 the kids years were like later teens okay so so you, you shot it roughly about 10 years ago somewhere yeah, around that time period yeah. when did it make it into the festival uh well we shot it and then and, and they edited it post-production was at least a year um so eight years ago, maybe. Okay, so eight years in the festival and won won the awards and things that it did, right? When did it make it into Paramount Plus? Maybe 2020. There you go. Yeah. So just that's, talk about talk about perseverance. Yeah, yeah, talk about perseverance. And, and, and Dave will tighten that up. Yeah, oh yeah. When check, we have the, Dave on. check the comments below because Dave will <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris is old and, and feeble. Yeah, he doesn't remember. Here's the actual yeah. dates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how long he paused there. That was yeah. him trying yeah. to go to the mental file. Yeah. 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 So, I remember back in the day, you know, but yeah, but that's that's but I'm I, close. I just wanted to I'm point I just to wanted to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. That there there is patience, there is commitment, there is there's, you know, a lot of hope, wishes, and dreams there. And um, for, again, for emerging writers, as well as people who are dabbling or people who've been at it for years, yeah. there is an uphill climb. And that's the realness. Make, yeah, you, you know? got to make your commitment or or determine at some point, nah, maybe I want to go down another road. Yeah, there's, there's people who are scam artists. There are long long journey time wise and then we're going to go to alex simmons for the other thing the other landmine you have to watch out for and that is killing you with kindness right the empty <laughs> promises 
Uh, Alex, yeah. if you could talk about that a little. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll I'll keep I'll keep mine kind of short because really we're 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 on a positive roll here going. Um, but yeah, there are I I can honestly say that in just the past five years, just the past five years, let alone twenty prior right. to that, mm -hmm. uh, just in the past five years, there's been a lot of promises and and they usually ring right. something like this. Or I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the one of my creations um, was un, up for consideration in L.A. for a possible film, and the producers who were interested, quote unquote, flew me out there, literally flew me out to Los Angeles, put me up in a hotel, and had this meeting with me. So they took me to lunch and they took me to dinner, and the conversations were jovial and exciting and and inspiring, and it was all this kind of stuff. At the same time, they were saying things like, you know, we've got we've got um, we got a deal that we're going to be you know, working with uh, with DC, and this literally was one of the things they said. We're going to be working with DC on the Flash. This is some years ago, by the way, folks. Okay, right. Um, we're going to work on the Flash, and you'd be really good for writing the screenplay for that. And you'd be doing this, and you'd be doing that. And I'm sitting there, thinking, okay, if I was 20, 21, I would be melting in my shorts right now. Right. At these, because this all sounds fantastic. All of my dreams the coming greatest true. Greatest thing right? ever. Yeah. But. A, I wasn't in my 20s. I was in my late 30s. And I'd been down this road in the publishing world and a few other things mm. in theater. So I'm going, in my head, you guys really don't know if I can write a screenplay. You've only read the other source material. So the fact that you're promising me this kind of stuff, I got to look at you with, like, wonder. And, of course, A, there was a lot of promises in there that were not Let's just say they were the promises of the moment. You know, you know, they were the promises of the moment. Let me go back to our room and we'll talk. You know, right. it was the promises of the moment, and literally impossible to have made possible uh, under those circumstances. But you get caught up in if you're not careful, you get caught up in the the wonder and the possible, and your dreams come. And and please, folks, don't lose dreams. Don't right. lose visions of success and accomplishments no 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 don't let them take that from you but also be cautious and be attentive when people are promising you the world because no one owns it subsequently that's a false promise right right so and, anyway that, that's that's the thing the more the, thing. the more promises that you get made the more skeptical the, you should the, become. The bigger yeah. the grain of salt should be that you're yeah. taking all that weight. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, if uh, I think when people are more businesslike, that's when I've, in my experience, that's when deliveries have been made. The, the best thing that you can do is take notes. You can smile right. and, and enjoy the moment and all that kind of stuff, but take notes right. and promise nothing. Right. Say, okay, let me think this over and I'll get back to you. Or let me look into this and I'll get back to you. Or let me read through this and I'll get back to you. You don't have to make a, 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 an, a, an immediate millisecond decision on anything. You don't. Right. And if anyone, what would your response be, Alex? If someone said, well, no, you have to sign this right now. Or then the, I would say, well, I'm sorry. Or the office off the table. What would I you can't. say? Then I can't. Yeah, can't. because that's Because bullshit. if they're pushing for that, then there's something wrong. Right. Now. Now, We've told you these things. You yep. have these gifts from the wonder that is Alex Simmons uh, and and Chris Ryan. There you go. Well, yeah, side and Chris Ryan. Just keep on um, going. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that's not the only experiences out there. And Alex and I will both swear on a stack of Bibles that every one of these experiences has been worth having. Oh yeah. The negative oh. and the positive. Oh yeah. There is no, there's no experience, you know, that you're going to learn more from than one of those tough experiences. I'll go even further and I'll say that I would prefer, and as you can see, I'm, I'm a bit of a senior here. I prefer being able to look back on all these years and, and, and cataloging some of those experiences, the positive as well as these negatives and know that I tried mm -hmm. as opposed sure. to having hit this age and still be living with what if, right. Or, what if I had, what if I followed my dreams? What if I tried to this? What if I tried that? But I didn't because I wanted to play it safe or right. I was too scared or, or lack the confidence and all that kind of stuff. All it we is are better. To it do. is better to go through this sort of thing right. and know than to always live with what if. Right. And all we are trying to do is to, to sand the rough edges for you so that things go more smoothly for you and you're going in with your eyes wide open when you're going to tell the world your damn story. Right. Now, we got two other quick things we need to talk about before yeah. we say goodbye. Um, and I, I like this I is the of, bonus features. Yeah, this is I, I sort of liken this. I sort of liken this to um, to uh, Wizard of Oz because we're going to talk about agents and producers and backers. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So ultimately, you you've got if you've got your short film and you've got your dreams and your hopes and you've done your your homework and you've looked at a certain number of potential competitions or film festivals and things like that, that you might want to run to. But maybe you're not the kind of person that should be out in the lead. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I, I, I don't present well. You know, the film's really solid, but I, I, I'm nervous talking to people. I'm not. So you might want to you might want to look for representation of some sort. I'm not saying you have to. Not, mm -hmm. not, not, not at all. But that's something to consider. Just put that on your list of considerations that an agent or, uh, or a production agent might be somebody that you want to look to to check out your product, your film, and maybe represent you. Maybe doing the talking for you. Maybe you're the kind of person who doesn't like to talk numbers. You know, uh, you know, it, it makes you uncomfortable to talk about money and things like that. So it's not wrong to acknowledge that you know my strength is in the creative end here, handling this other stuff. <clears throat> I do need some sort of representation, yeah. and then do your due diligence on that. So that's one. Two. Uh, producers. I often say to my my students, my screenwriting students, who in the classes at the New York Film Academy get to wear multiple hats. They get to write their screenplays. They get to direct a lot of their products. They get to produce other students' work as well as sometimes their own. So I said, you're wearing multiple hats. Understand that they're very different jobs. Right. Very different jobs, right, with different skill sets. So what you might be good at with one, you may suck with the other two. But the reality is a producer needs to be good at his or her job. And their job is to see the potential of your work, the quality of your work, discuss all these expectations and goals and things like that. And once you guys are on the same page, however you get there, and that's that's a part of the dialogue, that this person is now going to have the skill set to start to bring together the elements necessary to make that dream come true, to either get your screenplay produced into a film or to get the contacts necessary to get it to its next level. Right. So you want to pick 
very carefully because that's your baby, you know, and we can refer to it as that. Then the last thing I'll say is the backers. Um, as a matter of fact, we're going to be interviewing uh, in a few weeks, we're going to be interviewing uh, a young man who was a student of mine uh, a couple of years back, and he is having an adventure right now that we'll talk about at that time, but it is involving backers. And once again, there's a couple of pitfalls, as my grandfather used to say, the pitfalls. You be, be the careful pitfalls. The pitfalls. Watch out for the pitfalls. Man. Right. Okay. Right. So there's some pitfalls with backers because um, let's just say that an ethical backer will talk to you about percentages and you know control and budgets and things like that in a business-like fashion. A non-ethical one will talk to you about all of that and also say how much of your property he or she now owns and controls and that they get the final say in this and the final say in that and they'll be you know intense about it and that's one of those one of those moments in your career in your journey where you have to decide what line you will or will not cross what are you willing to give up in order to have the money to make your film you know what you know it's not we're not even talking about necessarily selling your soul but what does this property mean to you and i'll give one quick example uh, my character, Blackjack, my my adventure series, African-American Soldier of Fortune, 1930s. It's very important to me for a number of reasons, both from a professional standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, and from a personal standpoint. So I had to determine... That's a lot of standpoints. Yeah, right. There's like three standpoints right there. It's a tri-standpoint. Uh, I had to determine what lines I would not cross, what I would not give up or allow to be changed in order for me to get the next deal. And I won't go into the details on that now, but yes, over the years, I've had to you know, walk away and find a towel to cry in because no, this deal wasn't going to work out because I was not willing to do this, this, and this. Right. That is not me being unreasonable, although in some people's eyes, maybe, but if my character's integrity and the story concept is going to be completely screwed up and changed and flipped into something that it was never meant to be right. just so that I can get a buck, that's not happening. So you will get to determine what's important to you within your property, what you are willing to give up or to negotiate on. That's something that you want to try and get clear on maybe earlier in the game, but most assuredly as you get into discussions with potential backers because once money is being discussed, the tone of most discussions becomes very different. You know, it's and, different when you're with your friends, you're just hanging out, talking about, yeah, we're going to get to do this. I got a barn. That's an old folks reference. Yeah. You know? There's but, still a couple of barns around. Yeah, there's, okay. there's still a barn or two out there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's it. Agents. Read your fine, read the fine point, read the contracts yeah. and know what you're signing on for. You know, people don't get into business because business with you because you're the coolest person in the world. They get into business for business. Mm -hmm. And most of the business is to make money. There's no shame in that unless you lose perspective of how much money should be made by each person, you know. Um, and or who should you, own what? Right. Or if you, know? you are willing to do anything to make that money. Yeah. You know, well, you know again, and I, think, I think ethics should be involved in that, but that's me. You <laughs> know, there's an uh, there's an argument going on uh, on 
social media about Alan Moore. Mm. You know, Alan Moore uh, wrote The Watchmen. He wrote Viva Vendetta. So many League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And famously hates whatever they've done in the films with him. Some people fall and say, well, he should have gotten back the rights to all that. I have much love for Alan Moore. But I believe even he will tell you, yeah, I did sign the contract. And the, you know, the right for them to make films from it was in the contract. There was nothing in the contract that says, and you will love the film, Alan, Alan Moore. You know, and you will have complete control over the film. I mean, some of the movies that were made were word for word, frame by frame, what he put on there. But he still hated them because there wasn't that, you know, whatever reasons. He has a ton of different reasons. But that's sadly, an ex, uh, you know, an example. You know, um, who, who are the two guys who created Superman? Oh, uh, Siegel and Schuster. Right. Joe Different Siegel story. They were kids. Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel. Yeah. Right. They were kids. They did sign, but their character created an entire industry. And Alex's friend and our beloved, God bless him, we miss him, Neil Adams, went to bat and basically in decades later DC. went to bat for him. Decades yeah. and decades later. These guys were in the poorhouse. And, and, he fought to get them a, a part of the pie because they invented the industry. You know, um, Jack Kirby got a good uh, his his estate got a um, uh, a settlement uh, but above and beyond the work for hire. But these are the exceptions. You know, his imagination. Stanley did the parts that Stanley did, and we're not here to argue that. But Jack's imagination really created that in, you know and I'll I'll give you that one stuff. I'll give you one but, more old I'm sorry go ahead but Put most you. of the time yeah they're gonna stick with the contract. Right. I'm gonna give you one one quick old old folks reference. Uh Leslie Charteris just to give you a sense of how far back this goes. Leslie Charteris created a character back in the early 30s, I believe it was, um called a Saint. Uh, Simon Templer, the saint. And in the 60s, there was a TV series. But prior to that, there were the movies. Mm-hmm. And the, the string of movies that were made, starting with one actor and then switching to um, sort of a series of those films starring George Saunders, uh, Charteris hated. He absolutely hated them as, as yeah. he took every single check to the bank. Yeah. Uh, when the TV series was created with Roger Moore, which I grew up watching and enjoyed, mm-hmm. Charteris hated them as he took each check to the bank. Eventually, at some point, he got to write an episode and then later even direct an episode, but he hated it. He hated the director. He said, that guy's terrible. As (laughs) he took every single check to the bank. So again, we look at the realities of you. I mean, it is an adaptation of your work. That's that's something else. We're getting into a whole other subject matter. But again, the reality is, you're going to create something. If you're going to write the screenplay and, and you're going to produce a film, you're going to create something. And as long as you have X control over those various steps, right. it will be as much your vision as you can possibly make it. Right. The moment you invite other people in 
in terms of a collaborative or partnership or whatever, then their a portion of their vision becomes a part of the equation. And the moment you sign the contract and take the check and cash the check, you have sealed the deal. The deal, right. So, so know the deal that you're sealing. Right. So to bring it all back, you know, we started with, you know, um, emerging filmmakers and where to go with your film after you've made it. We've talked a lot about that and we've talked a lot, but that's what we do here. Uh, so understand that, A, if you're starting out by making your own films, great. We've given you some points and, and, and steps along the way to explore. Mm -hmm. Always saying, do your homework, do your homework, do your homework, right? Yes. And if you have to collaborate with uh, backers and producers, do your homework, negotiate, right. read contracts and arrangements. If you're going to enter some sort of film festival or competition, do your homework, research the entities involved, make sure they're legit, see the what it is they're promising, the guidelines, respect, and responsibilities. Right. Yeah. All right, keep records, right? And also, again, let's say, say that, that life is good and, and you're getting some recognition and some possibilities of backers and people coming into read the contracts and, and get an agent if you can. Uh, and also um, a lawyer. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a lawyer, a good one, one that you can trust is good. Because again, sometimes we're not up to the reading of the fine points. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not our our wheelhouse. And we need to be able to admit that. If we're creatives and, and business business is not our thing, get the partnership in there that can handle that so that right. you protect your entities. And- sure hopefully creatively can lead your vision in the direction that you want to go. And that's it for this episode. I agree. <laughs> oh, tell, 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 tell the damn, 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 damn stories, stories, stories. I'll tell you what, someone could come around and tell a modern version of the saint. And that would be a great damn story. That <laughs> still stands up. All I'll right, Alex, great to that. talk to you. Great to see everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Peace. everybody, take care, and Stay we'll tuned. see you next time. Oh, yeah, and leave comments and all that. You know where. Bye-bye, everybody. Peace.